it sucks when our show peaks before the pre-show. Yeah. Right? Uh, Turn this bus around. Yeah. We're going back. Oh. Oh my God. All right, Ryan, let's kick it off. Wait, wait. Is it streaming? Okay, now we got now I got numbers. Now I got numbers. Get some levels, numbers. numbers. Levels numbers. All right, now I gotta turn on I gotta turn on LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta like a gold. Can you machine. narrate your whole job just so we know how much you do? Because I yeah. feel like you do a lot of things I've behind tried the scenes. Doing it. I tried. You took a week well, off. I, I, I found it that we. I try to add LinkedIn to go live. You know when I hit the button and do it all beforehand, but then it never works, and I have to restart it anyway. So that I just mm-hmm. wait. We'll go live, then I'll add it, and then it works. So it's. I don't know. I, I've. I'm always. I. I hate LinkedIn. They, their stuff never works as far as streaming. I added yeah, so LinkedIn <laughs> Premium. It's like Tinder, where you can just direct message people. Oh without yes, You get all of the magic premium stuff you, yeah linkedin is actually the polar opposite of tinder if you really think about it <laughs> I, I added uh i added some cool new skills to my stuff just so people could uh, on tinder, on tinder, on tinder? Yeah, <laughs> on tinder. <laughs> what skills did you add to your tinder slash linkedin profile yeah. that's shared uh yes mustache mustache skills <laughs> <laughs> let me add another one that should be like a like a way to like prove your identity is you have to link your tender. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Oh, this is this is not good. All right, all right. Well, let's go live. Let's go live. Live. I'm rolling it. Welcome to another edition of Black Hills Information Security talking about news. My name is John Strand, and this episode, our notable stories that we're going to be going through is Google, Meta, and Discord are fighting to are joining up to fight child abuse, which I think is actually good. Data brokers staggering sale of sensitive data, highly evasive backdoor snuck into open source packages again. UK lays out new rules for the internet, like anyone's going to follow those. Blaine Blaine, he's a pain. Continental liar from the state of Maine, whose data has now been breached due to a data breach in the state of Maine. Boeing data is finally, finally, after three long weeks, is finally being published by Lockbit. We'll dig into that. And then we also have another story about how Denmark's critical infrastructure has been subject to attacks. And I would like to start, if you don't mind, we can jump into the Boeing data to talk about the news. We have Kelly, who's not just like, throwing hand grenades from the crowd she's joined us thank you very much for joining we got the vp of cats we've got wade we've got ryan we've got help desk and we have alex so has any i'm gonna throw this right at you Corey, at or i guess ralph have you looked at the data that's coming out of boeing yet um mm-hmm. now that it's been released or is there anything more about what this data actually is i can't comment i'm downloading it right now but yeah i, I was gonna say it's to look at coming it. down <laughs> how much is it are we looking at do we actually have confirmed size of it now that's a good question um it's a tremendous amount but i, I like don't know what so that much yeah. so many plain schematics it's why did a... you have to pick this article first john I is it a jumbo amount i would say it, the size of the data is between <laughs> a a 737 and a triple seven. Oh, triple seven ah. mm, that wide body man that's a lot of data make no, sure no, your not, uh, computer not, doesn't yeah. crash while you download it it's no you know, it's no 747 first. it's not as much as an airbus yeah uh, oh yeah because that one will get you off the ground 
No, it totally <laughs> won't. Well, we can jump back. Let's come back to this one. Come um, back to this. Before, yeah, let's go ahead and let's I talk about it. I, I, I want to say that I think that this is a good story where Google, Meta, and Discord, and others are teaming up to fight child abuse online. Um, yeah, this kind of ties in with a couple weeks. Or was it last week when we were talking about AI-generated stuff? Yes. That was like yeah. more yeah, it was a couple weeks ago, yeah. Um, I, I actually, I, I'd love to get you all's opinion, but I think that this is actually a good thing, mainly because there's so much that happens where predators will engage with their victims in one platform and then have them move to another platform. And they're able to see that jump and they're able to see that correlation. They're able to share the, the, like the tactics that are being used. I think this is good, but, um, Alex, do you want to speak to this? Because I, if there's, if there's going to be a negative to this, I'm sure that you have a pretty good understanding of the space of Ozen, open source, the intelligence, how the techniques are being used. Um, what are your thoughts on this, sir? Yeah, so my thoughts on this, I'm just looking at the company names up there. But yeah, that's absolutely you know a necessity in order to triangulate. Um, and we've had these uh, types of discussions with uh, organizations that work against uh, child sexual abuse material. And they do say that it's like the information that TraceLab puts together in order to kind of triangulate. Uh, they gave they the predators absolutely do this that they find these sites that they can drive a wedge uh, between the their targeted victim and their families, and then move them to other platforms. So seeing all of that information. Wait, 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 wait. Go ahead. What's this about a wedge in their families? Can you elaborate a little bit on that? Yeah. So a lot of times, that with the they try to have. They try to have their targets basically rely on them for communications, um, sort of as the, you know, hey, if you're struggling with relationships, struggling with your homework, struggling with all these other things, and you're posting online, this gets picked up by the child predators going, you clearly don't have that support network. I will be that support network. Oh, and by the way, let's go move over to this other platform where we can talk. So in other words, all of these platforms are kind of like the feeder seed platforms. Because once, whenever we're talking about other platforms, a lot of times we're talking about like encrypted platforms. We're trying to get any data out of it is far more difficult. Correct? That's correct. So seeing yeah. the seeing these kind of come together and identify, you know, people. I'd like an example would be like runaways. Where it's like you're posting, thinking about running away. Someone goes, "Hey, I'm a fellow 15 year old girl. I also have these types of things. I worked with this person. They're awesome. Like, hey, let's go hang out, have, grab a coffee together." You know, they start the communications offline. The person goes and like gets in the vehicle with the person that they think is going to go take them to meet this fifteen-year-old friend, and they, then they're gone. Yeah, and that's that's so, an absolute worst-case scenario, right? Yep. Uh, but that includes like kidnapping and things like that. Uh, ben from KC also pointed out, also picked up by uh, pick. It's also a good technique for picking up extremist and recruitment for that as well. I think that that's that's pretty good. Now there there have been some like let's say snap booze with this, right? I mean, if we go back historically, if you remember Apple was going through and tagging any of the images that they would find uh, for illegal image images. And if I remember correctly, there was uh, they, one of the reasons why they stopped it is there was a story of a father that was taking pictures of one of their kids genitals um, for like an infection or something. And it was sending it to a doctor and it kicked off a whole big investigation that uh, was a Google one, actually. Was so that Google, a Google one? Was it yeah, Google? so I thought that was that. one where Google actually completely just blocked their entire Google account, just nuked it from orbit, and then they had no, no recourse to get in touch with them and be like, hey, like, can I have all my emails and life back? And they're like, nah. No, it was so, Google. Yeah. So I think that that whole collateral damage is 
is going to be, I, I, I don't know, it, it's going to be interesting uh, to see how those language models work and the AI behind it actually works. But it is good to see all of them working together. It's just, am I the only one that looks at this and like, no, 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 there's going to be some type of nefarious edge that these companies no, are No, it's called for. Lantern. It's fine. There's, yeah, no, it's Lantern. there's no baggage with that name. Speaking of which, do you want to know something absolutely horrifying? Um, of yes and no. Apps? So I was at Lowe's the other day and I went back oh, to the man. restroom and I could see into the employee break room and Lowe's timesheet software that all of their employees keep track of their time is an app called Kronos, which sounds like a really good name for an app. It's from The Incredibles. Know, We've seen it. Do you know what Kronos did with his children? He ate them. He ate them. Yep. <laughs> I mean, that's that's just a good warning for those people that He's read books and work at Home Depot. <laughs> so I mean, so like, should we... Zeus Malware should come in and kill Kronos. Is that what you're saying? Probably. (laughs) And then the Malware will be in control at that point. And yay, was the dawn of the new gods. Um, But like I said, I am, I always, I I think that this is good that they're working together. Um, I just hope that we don't find out. It's like, they actually use this as a way to be more invasive, to get you more ads, to sell you more things. Um, yeah, just like, so it, it is. It is interesting. So it, it kind of is like the whole concept of like the band waves of. I don't know if anyone like this has randomly been in my YouTube algorithm lately, but like talking about how other Blizzard and other game developers, when they ban like uh, malicious accounts, they ban them in waves. So like every six months or every three months or whatever it is, and they do this so that attackers can't vary their techniques to like not be detected. So it's like. Instead of like, if you logged in and then it detected you as a bot and immediately banned you, you'd be like, okay, what changed? What did what I do? Yeah. So, but whereas with this, you know, it's the same thing where it's like, if you get banned, you're going to get banned from Facebook, Instagram, uh, you know, whatever other sites all at once. And you're not going to know like which activity on which platform, depending on how you're using the accounts or whatever. So it's like actually, you know, potentially could impact people. And I don't think usually child predators are known for great opsec. So like, you know, why, <laughs> no. why is my uncle's uh, social, uh, social media profiles all taken down? Like, oof. So yeah, I mean, I don't know like how it'll pan out, but at the very least, it does seem like an obvious thing that if your profile was banned from Instagram for CSAM and then you just have like a Facebook or a LinkedIn or whatever, it seems like maybe you shouldn't at that point. Like you've been proven that you probably shouldn't be using the social media. Uh- I'm surprised all. the only video game in here is Roblox, right? Roblox that, is huge and adds shocking, a lot of stuff, right? But, 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 but wait, if we back up, you're right about that. That's like the only video game, but almost all video games are like people in communities are using Discord. Um, yeah, so that's, good that's kind of how I looked at it. Um, but you're right. There's a ton of video games that have their own in chat systems that are like, the yeah, reason, th- so the the reason is because on video games, the kids are the ones abusing the adults. No way, too soon. Nah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. if I they threw like Xbox and the PlayStation Network on there too, right, and then just linked all those together, they're all they all are just about able to talk to each other now, anyways. But yeah, I it's think probably that just they're late to the party. Oof. They'll probably jump yeah. on it if it's good. I feel like it's one of those things that needs like exact level approval, and the execs are like, "Well, if he's going to do it, I'll do it." And like, if, yeah. if George from Microsoft does it, then I'll do it. But then like, they're just waiting, and it's going to be this domino. <laughs> effect once they start you know oh you're really missing the bus here then the other companies will jump on it i think yeah. there's another sinister angle to this as well thank you well, Kelly. uh i know we want to talk about the tech and everything but i think the the question that i was asking 
as I was reading it was, why are the tech companies doing this? Well, let, let's take it a, a little, take a step back here and look at, I don't know if you all remember the Earn IT Act of 2022, but this was back when Trump was in the White House, I think. I don't I kind of mix up my administrations. But the Earn IT Act in 2022 was a federal response proposed legislation to cut down on child predators and sexual impropriety online. But they went really super far, really trying to limit technology and kind of almost step on the toes of Section 230. And um, for those of us in the audience who aren't familiar with that, remember Section 230 allows publishers or internet service providers to be considered publishers and free from legal liability with exceptions. They're not allowed to publish copyrighted material. They're not allowed to publish improper, or immoral, or you know stuff that's deemed uh, obscene. But the the tech companies didn't want the government to come in and tell them how to do their job. So I think that's why we have this response of the lantern framework is because they wanted to kind of say, hey, we're doing something. Um, we don't need legislation to tell us how to do it. And, and so that, that it, it, it is, it is. So I think you're absolutely right. You managed to found, find the negative in this. So good job on you for that. Well done. <laughs> um, but, but seriously, you know, how in the hell do you moderate the comments, right? So if we're looking at like Twitter, we're looking at LinkedIn, we had, we've talked about this in a number of different store, uh, stories over the years, is if you're a Twitter, if you're a Facebook, if you're a like LinkedIn to a much lesser extent, what, let, let's set all the laws aside for a second. What level of responsibility do you have to protect your users? And this is this is tough, right? And Twitter took it really, really seriously. I think, Corey, you said, Twitter is a, is a content moderation company more than they are a social media company, because before Elon Musk came in and then gutted all of those functions, it was basically they were focusing on creating a space that people felt comfortable. They weren't going to get a bunch of Nazis and child porn thrown at them, right? Uh, so it's good business to not have that on your platform, but there's going to be a line of like, you know, how much of that does a company do? And at what point are they completely negligent? And then all of a sudden they can start being held liable. So I really, really, really think that this is a, a super difficult line to walk with these social media companies, because the more you touch it, the more you take responsibility for it, the more you take responsibility for it, the more you'll have legal liability. So I don't know. I just wanted to get people's thoughts so on that. Go ahead, my, Corey. My take on this is that, so we've talked about it before, but like, this is a monumental task to moderate like this is we, we've all heard from the facebook uh moderation team that was really you know having uh high turnover and huge issues with like worker mental health and all that stuff but my way my way of looking at this is all the companies are banding together to say we're going to distribute this huge load of content moderation across every different company like in small chunks so now it's like if i find notably objectionable content I hash it. We run it through this lantern program. It gets taken down everywhere else without me having to do, you know, if I'm working for Facebook, now if someone from Discord finds CSAM material accounts, data like hashes or images, this is automatically removed from our platform without me having to go and like also moderate that. So that's how I see it is it's reduction of the level of moderation required for each individual company because it's going to be spread out to every company. And if you know, someone at, over in the corner at Roblox has a report on something, there's, they just automatically, I'm assuming it's all going to be automated because it's scaled so much. That's the only way it would ever work. 
like this content is going to be automatically removed from Facebook accounts, potentially automatically removed. Could it be poisoned? Maybe. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, but like yeah. <laughs> the, the concept, if it works as implemented is going to reduce the workload for moderation now, teams. In my now, and do you, do you all think it's going to help? Like if we know, we know that Facebook, I don't want to say it was responsible, but Facebook is definitely a tool for the civil war in Ethiopia. It's definitely a huge problem in basically the genocide in Myanmar. And it's been used to actually spread multiple points of disinformation to the point where thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people have been killed. Um, I would like to think, hopefully, that what they're starting would be used beyond, and somebody had actually mentioned this earlier in the comments, that this would be used beyond the idea of just CSAM, that this would be used for other types of extremist content and views that are out there as well. I don't know what your thoughts are. Am I being too optimistic? I mean, I, I know that Facebook is still fighting this stuff. Fighting it is can be taken in multiple different types of interpretations. But I mean, holy hell, these frameworks are being used constantly for hideous things far beyond like, you know, child pornography. Do you, me thinking about this as like a sock puppet type of situation, do you think the cost of a pre-compromised accounts for these platforms is going to go up? So if you have, it's like having a good IP, right? Instead of a bad reputation IP. If you had some really good LinkedIn or Discord or uh, Facebook accounts that can then prove it and then sell that moderation, I'm wondering if that's going to become more of a marketplace if this takes off, right? If they can just ban you in a wave. Yeah. No, I, I think that building that is going to absolutely increase in value because you have to have everything pulled together. And I think what this is doing is it's looking at you know, instances to where it's like, let's say, you know, on Roblox, they're pretending to be that like 15 year old girl. But hey, you know, that gets flagged and Discord says, well, but no, you're like, you know, you're on over here as a 22 year old like car mechanic and something doesn't add up. Yeah. So building yeah. up sock puppets to say that everything lines up and you because they'll be able to, t they should be able to tell that it's like, if you truly are like a 15 year old kid that plays Call of Duty incessantly, they should be able to see that pattern of behavior across, across platforms and nothing like stands out a signal going, Hey, wait a minute. No, there's, there's things he's, that don't line up. Uh, and I think it is like, you again. know, the, the public kind of wants that when we see, yeah. you know, people that are abusive online and they have a record through this platform of being abusive. And then they go, OK, well, then we see that they groomed another vi victim through this other platform. And, you know, yes, the, the community gets upset going, well, these two should be talking to each other. And then they go, OK, so there was a reference to like Patriot Act. And I think that was the same thing. Patriot Act, people got upset that like these agencies aren't talking to each other. OK, now let's make a fusion center, pull everything together. And it had all of that harm. I think now we're seeing that same type of thing happen. I, I, but, but wait, but wait, the issue with platform. Patriot Act, the, the issue with Patriot oh. Act wasn't necessarily the idea of the fusion set, right? Yeah. I think the issue with the Patriot Act is it wasn't used or it was very rarely used for its intended purposes of stopping terrorism. I mean, it was yeah, used for going yep. after organized crime. And that gets into, I, I think, kind of piggybacking off of this, you know, part of me is like, I would like to see this used for additional act, like flagging additional activities of extremist hate speech. Uh, violence, terrorism, uh, ethnic cleansing, those types of things. Part of me is like, those almost need to be handled in a separate kind of bucket from CSAM rather than trying to roll them all together. And maybe there'd be some cross-pollinization in the technologies. But 
either way, it, it, it's always interesting whenever they start working together to see where this actually that, goes. That's where Can my I'll... thoughts were going was what if all of this does get linked together, right? Right. The, the, slowly, the anonymity of the internet is going away, right? Yeah. And this this is part of that for the good, right? But when does the flips when does the switch flip to make it bad? Now that brings up an interesting point. Whatever I've communicated with the FBI on these things, there's a lot of times that the FBI, you know, a lot of these companies will be kind of beat up in the public for not doing more to shut down these types of illegal activities, especially with like illegal images. Uh, but talking with FBI agents, like in the past, I've had people about the uh, FBI agents response to the show basically saying Shh, don't talk about it because right now they're communicating in a platform that we can see them and we can serve warrants and we can communicate with these companies and we can get them and the more that this stuff actually gets kind of shut down in these open forums the more it pushes them into fringe kind of encrypted places and i'm kind of of two thoughts on that like one i can understand that i want my adversaries communicating in the open where I can watch their comms. It's like, if you go back to the first Gulf War, a whole bunch of the infrastructure stayed up, actually the first and the second Gulf War, a bunch of the infrastructure stayed up through all of the bombings that we were doing in the, with the United States and Iraq. And the reason why is we were in their comms, right? It didn't serve us to shut down their comms because we could see everything they were talking about. So we'd bomb all kinds of other things, but somehow the power and the infrastructure stayed up because we could see what they were doing. So law enforcement having that type of visibility, I think is important. But I also think that if, you know, if we shove them into the fringes, they start doing more encryption, we lose that visibility. But at the same time, don't you think that it would be an overall reduction in the amount of like illegal images? Or do you think it's going to be the same? They're just going to find other platforms where they're going to be quote unquote safe. I think so. I, I, there's a couple of points that came up when, when other people were discussing it that I thought I, were worth bringing up. So number one is like in the Lantern overview on the news article, they talk about like the concept of signals, uh, meaning like this could be a link to a bad site or it could be an image or it could be uh, various different media types. And of course, um, that will I think it really will. I think the the corollary drawing to the Patriot Act is a solid take because it will really depend on how it's enforced. If it's a malicious link being posted or not a malicious, like I, that's just a habit of me saying malicious link. But if it's an inappropriate link that's being posted in Roblox and then it gets deleted from Discord, that's an easy win, right? This link is now nuked everywhere across every platform. If every profile that pulls the link gets now nuked, now that's a massive expansion in power of the program. So it's like, It'll be interesting to see how different companies implement it. And I don't think it's going to be well, like nuke nuke everything everywhere because obviously poisoning it would be insane. If I well, just send a message to someone on Discord, they can get their accounts nuked everywhere else. Like that wouldn't, no. That, well, so and that, but that also gets, that gets into the SIGINT problem, right? So whenever you have uh, an overall intelligence problem. So like in one of the child, um, uh, the child, it was actually child sex slavery. It was a bunch of horrible things together, but it was one ring that we actually worked against a long, long time ago, we were able to get inside their comms and we left them running for months. And the reason why we were letting them run for months is we were collecting a whole bunch of valuable intel on other groups they were sharing data with and who the individuals were inside of those groups. And my hope is with this, this Lantern project, they're working closely with law enforcement that it isn't just a nuke it from high orbit to get it off the platform situation, yeah. but they're also going to be working and saying, okay, 
let's try to let's try to take this spider web and kind of enumerate it as far as we possibly can before we start taking action. And uh, multiple people in the chat, Ben from KC and DC Desynced, have identified the account swatting mechanism that could be in place. If I just send, if I'm a malicious actor and I send CSAM to someone, and now their yeah. accounts everywhere get nuked, Jesus. we've got a problem, right? Dude, like, but that's been so. happening for years. I mean, some of the actually some of the earliest the earliest form of ransomware that I remember in my career was a case where someone's email the the attacker was able to get inside of somebody's email. And uh, they were threatening to shoot um, like illegal pornography to everyone in this mm, person's yeah, email, yeah. right? Um, and that was interesting because they didn't have access to the person's email. It was just an email that they sent threatening and right, saying, right, hey, right. pay me money and I won't do this. And people were paying that crap for one of the that, organizations I was working That scam's still going on, John, all over the place. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, yeah, right. sextortion is a whole thing. The yeah. other thing that I identified, like looking at the company list, so I think there's a... There's one that really stands out to me, and I don't know if it stands out to anyone else, but Mega is one that's like that. So really? it's like, yeah, Mega. So, so Wait, that one oh, really stands no, out to me this because guy really stands out. That's a good so guy. That's why. That's why it stands out. So Mega, for those that don't know what Mega is, Kim dot com is that the guy's name? The guy's yeah. name. Yep. Yep. So yeah, basically, this is Mega is a file ser- file sharing service online that has previously been, let's just say, not exactly compliant with law enforcement in general um has kind of been maybe a safe haven for maybe some of this activity in the past so their contribution to this program and participation in the program like i think this is kind of the one that stands out to me because if i had to guess this is being used on a regular basis for this sort of thing so this is a big jump for them basically into the world of i don't reputable tech companies moving away from the you can put anything on our platform. You know, we don't scan, we don't submit to law enforcement. And now moving to, we're in the light. We're now like submitting enforcement, law enforcement information. We're now like keeping logs or doing whatever differently you have to do to participate in this program. Um, so that, I don't know. I just wanted to call that out because it's an interesting like but, angle. Because there's a lot of other file sharing providers, by the way, and none of yeah. them are on this list. There's well, I a think, lot. So, I well, think Google and also Discord is on there because I believe Discord either it's planning or will recently pl- do away with some of these, these storage links that they cl- they cited it as malware, but I'm willing to bet that it's, it's going oh, to fall underneath yeah. the same aspect. Like they, they sort of said like, you really shouldn't be posting files on discord anyways. Like we're going to nuke them. Yeah. You share a file, it goes away after a little bit. Yeah. yeah they're, they're, they're clamping down on that. And people are absolute people were sharing malware on through discord. Yeah. So I'm willing to bet they're, but yeah, there's a lot CSAM more too. file shares. There's yeah, Dropbox. Oh, yeah. There's, I mean, there's oh. thousands. AWS. Like that's. I'm. I don't know much about the CSAM space, but I know more about like malware or um, data breaches, really. So, like as an example, we know from that Microsoft Octo Tempest blog that they just exfil through, through SE. They use Google Drive and and uh, yeah. or sorry, I mean S3. They they use AWS like buckets, yeah. or they use like uh, you know Google Drive. So I mean, I don't know. I'm just saying like. Ex- Exfilling through into an S3 is excellent, right? Like half the yeah, time it's well. gonna just go. Yeah, yeah. it's gonna look like yeah. normal traffic. Like oh, one of the devs spun up an S3 that's on the bucket. Works. <laughs> the so the other thing so, about storage too is that, um, like for example, like Google, none of that is encrypted. Okay, so like Google can read all of those files across the entire tenant space. Right, right. All of them, yeah. right? Which Where, most providers are that. That's most true for providers most. are that way. But I thought was interesting that you brought the sub Corey is that Mega actually is end to end encrypted, right? Mm-hmm. So they actually can't read that data. 
And what they're doing and what they're talking about here, and then we're talking about all the providers, is going after the sharing of files in that platform. So on Mega and everywhere else, you can share a file with anyone, right? The world, okay? Yep. And that's what they're targeting more than they are like trying to do a deep the scan. personal you know, account storage. Yes, exactly. All right. Yeah. Guys, we have to move off of this one. And Flack this is a good Vest, one, though. This yeah. is a good it one. is a good one. And FlackVest brought up a great comment that transitions us to our next story. This also makes me wonder how these companies are going to use the revenue streams. Uh, linking people across multiple platforms is a goldmine of advertising, which brings us to our next story from Ars Technica. Ashley Belliger. Data brokers' staggering sale of sensitive information is exposed in an unsealed FTC filing. This is something we've talked about a lot uh, at BHIS. Like This is an area where nation states are using malvertisements. They're using highly targeted data from data brokers in order to deploy exploits with a high level of precision. We talked about the NSO group, kind of what they're doing. Um, we've talked about some of the stuff that we can get from data brokers. But... <laughs> Is this just like the FTC is finally like catching on to this, like this business model? Because a lot of this with these data brokers, it's kind of like with our internal stuff that we do with data breaches. I mean, if we opened it up and we started selling what we have access to, we could easily be considered a data broker, right? It's just basically aggregating a whole bunch of little snippets of data that are exposed all over the place, mm -hmm. pulling it together. But what a lot of these data brokers are doing is actually purchasing large yeah. amounts of data like one of my favorite data sets is uh license plate information yeah where there are data brokers that you can put in a license plate and all of your cities that have red light cameras all of the different parking garages that have cameras where they're tracking your license plate they're selling that shit out the back door to data brokers and you can literally track where people are sometimes where they are right now uh through that data so this is, once again, this kind of goes into like Corey and Ralph's big thing that they do all the time, but this is the amount of data that these data brokers have is basically in some situations more than what the NSA would like to have, right? I think, yeah. So we've talked about data brokers a lot on the show and I think everyone, at least everyone in the OSINT community and Alex, feel free to hop in here. My, everyone's reaction to it is basically like, how is this legal? Like it's, <laughs> it's basically like, and I think everyone, or at least most people I talk to feel that way where it's like, it's basically either it's either OSINT or it's illegal. <laughs> so like, <laughs> I, I guess I'm like, go for them FTC, like figure out who, who is, I hope they track it back to who's selling them the data, not just who you know, don't stop at what is it, Kosava or whatever. Don't stop there. Keep yeah, going. Keep like, going. What, keep going. Yeah, where, yeah. Where, go to Verizon or you know, yeah. Traffic Canvas Inc. or whatever Darren, it is. Hey, this is this is this is awesome. Darren said, "I'm sure the NSA is buying the data from the brokers." No, <laughs> not. <laughs> so I'm sure they maybe they are now. Uh, but we have had some experience with different government agencies. Um, who tend to be very, very shocked at what data brokers have. And these are people that deal with a bunch of ints and they're like, holy crap, you can get all of that for how much? <laughs> like it's free or like five bucks. Like, it, that's, it that's is funny cool. though, John, because a lot of those data brokers and like a lot of these different organizations, they end up buying the same data from different people, but not sharing it amongst each other. And then yeah. they have their own like data sets, right? You're, you know, and just intelligent communities in general. And they share that data as part of like I, some, you know, mandatory I, thing and then other ways will cap it's wild. wild i love this all these people like oh the nsa is 100 percent. no no okay so you all you all have to understand okay <laughs> when you're talking about the nsa there's a huge amount of hubris in these intelligence communities in the united states government 
where they believe that the data that they have is the absolute gold standard of what data they can get, number one. Number two, a lot of this data that there's at data brokers, they can't get to it. And the reason why, or they can't, sorry, they can't collect the data because it's Blue Force data and the NSA cannot collect that data on American citizens, right? But when you're looking at the FBI and you're looking at other agencies, they're just now, and I'm not joking, literally within the past year to 18 months, a lot of these intelligence and law enforcement communities are realizing that this shit's available to buy. Um, And in many ways, it's much, much, much better than the data they have. Because like, think about a collection platform, all right? So let's think about the intelligence community. Let's think about a satellite, right? If you're going to do SIGINT, that is a long-term financial commitment that takes billions of dollars and a lot of work to actually tie that together. And that's just like a platform that's a satellite. For any of these other platforms, when they try to bring these in, the amount of red tape that you have to go through to start getting that data is absolutely insane. So don't assume for a second that, you know, this is all in the NSA and the NSA can pull all this crap up because that's just not true. Um, yeah. At least not in the way that you think it would be. So well, sorry no, to yeah, address. No, no moniker's uh, comment is hilarious. It's it's elite or it's I'm assuming they typo, but basically it's legal until a large company monetizes it. That's basically where we're at. Like, yeah, it's, so they're cool. going to go up yeah. the ladder and they're going to be like, oh, yeah, shoot. I guess it was just Google the whole time. How are we going to so, take this? <laughs> I, OK, so I want to take this. And, and Kelly, I want to get your take on this. For a lot of these data brokers, they also include browsing, shopping data because they they collect that from multiple points of entry. So. If you're looking at like Amazon, Amazon is hooked into thousands and thousands of websites so they can get your browsing history. They can get many times they can piece together your medical history. They can piece together a lot about you. Can you explain to me why this is not PHI and protected under HIPAA? Short answer. No, I can't. But I will answer by saying it's it's part of our American ethos where the company that collects the data, owns the data. And and I know we all kind of wrung our hands a little bit when GDPR came out, but the the essence of GDPR says that privacy is a fundamental human right. And until I think we address that as a community, we're still going to be seeing large amounts of our data being stolen and sold, regardless if it's PII or PHI or P whatever I. <laughs> See, and that's the part that really bothers me about this whole thing. Like, if you look at what my hospital collects on me from like the the appointments and things that I go, there's a whole bunch of different protections and rules around that. And we can talk about the efficacy of that, but I do believe that it definitely limits extensively the amount of like data that's being sold outside of the healthcare system. But if somebody was like, John, I'm gonna give you two choices. Either A, I'm going to leak your entire medical history or your browser history. I'm like medical history. And I think that almost anybody that's in here, and I'd love to get it from the comments. Would you rather have your browser history or your medical history uh, dumped? Because people are going to be like, man, that guy's really into my little pony or something. I don't John, know. John, which browser? I've got so many browsers. Which uh, browser? See, but that's which browser? a lot of ways it doesn't matter right? Because they can track that in a variety of different ways, right? So Alex, I want to get your take as someone in the OSINT community. What do you think about the data brokers and all this stuff? So I I think my thoughts on like the the data brokers, what was rattling around in my head was the, they're transacting things that 
uh, they might not feel were stolen. And it's sort of you gave this voluntarily to the hospital, the hospital to someone. They they you know the hospital did all their due diligence, followed HIPAA. They were compliant. They lost your information. This was just stuff that was lost. That you know, hey, we you know, it's we didn't we steal it. it. it was we picked it out on the street, right? Yeah, we're. We just we just found it, and then we put it added it to a database and and passed it along. And uh, you know, I also think that with the uh, you know it, it, it's illegal until a company starts profiting from it. Uh, I think I've also seen. I think um, last week tonight, I'm drawing a blank on his name, but he did something on data broker, and he's like, yeah, the the John the, Oliver, John Oliver, excellent. Um, he, he did did a segment on these data brokers, and he's like, yeah, the politicians aren't feeling the heat from this. So they're not going to make it illegal, probably because they benefit from the demographics and all of these case studies. And they're not in there with, you know, their browser, their browser history is not out on the Internet. The moment it is, then you're going to start seeing politicians going, OK, this needs to be Did, illegal. Didn't well, we so, see that, okay, though? Wait, we wait, saw that I got to pull out a comment, guys. I got to pull out a comment. She gets said right to privacy always reminds me that no one ever remembers the Ninth Amendment. The rights we have aren't supposed to be limited to sp- the ones specifically listed in the Constitution. And there have been multiple cases, like I'm going to go with the current Supreme Court, that's like, well, this isn't explicitly laid out in the, in the Constitution, so there's, I, we we never read the whole thing, but we're going to make a judgment on it anyway. Uh, so sorry, throw that out. So, okay, Did okay. Here, Didn't we see that couple- already, too, though? Corey, yeah, see what? the... The, when the, the government did get leaked, right? And instantly... What? The whole government. Oh, well, the, government. So, okay. the emails okay. that when they, uh, <laughs> I know, what was it? I, the Fed emails? Yeah, yeah, got no, leaked, no, no, right? Which hold breach? Wait, so, which breach? There's lots okay, of them. So I was listening. I don't know if anyone's listened to the most recent episode of Darknet Diaries, but one of the yeah. points in it is that the head, I forget if it was the FBI or the NSA, but the head of that agency's SF-86 is still on WikiLeaks. Like, <laughs> yeah. this, it does affect politicians. Like it, Or I guess he's not oh. really a politician. He's more like an agency government head. Agency. But the no, point it, is, it, like, the, the point is, it does affect government officials, and they don't care, or at least they don't oh, do anything no. about no, it. They, they, so they're oh, in there, and I, I think I was going to clarify that. It's like, it's not a matter that it's like when they're in that data set, but when they have, like, really embarrassing stuff in that data set, then they'll be worried because you're right. They don't care. The stuff that's in there, they go, okay, I'm part of this data set. They know some of my history. They have my fingerprints, whatever. Um, but when there's something like truly embarrassing, like the, uh, you know, the browser history reference, DNS they, records. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> DNS records, stuff like that. And they go and like, okay, this, this now makes me look bad and I now care. Uh, but again, what it takes for a politician See, to feel I, shame, I, I don't know. I think, <laughs> that, I think that's the data breach we need. Like, here's the browser history of every single member of Congress. Like, John, I want you. I want you. Like, they're going to be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. John, I'll do some searching and let you know because yeah, I might have a, I might probably have a already a that. couple out there. Yeah, I want their grammarly uh, history. They're grammarly. <laughs> I got to be honest with you. That's like I've told the story many times. My 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 spelling is so bad, and I'm not joking. Google periodically is like, dude, you're clearly trying to type French. So, like, like I, you know what I thought was funny is because uh, Grammarly had come up before, but they are GD, GDPR compliant. Yeah, uh, they're fine. That's all. Yeah, and all that. Good, good for stuff. them. I mean, but, I mean, I don't know. I, I'm not saying that. I, I'm just saying that they went through the process of that thing, right? Like, you know, yeah. Hey, I, 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 I use wrap it them. all. 
to wrap it all up with a joke, I think nowadays the NSA's biggest spending is just on Amazon gift cards because they'll they've discovered that anyone will give up any intelligence in exchange for Amazon <laughs> gift cards. True. That's all you gotta do. Just yeah. t- say what what is your uh SSN? I'm not gonna tell you. Okay, what if I give you a fifty dollar Amazon gift card? I will tell you now. I will tell you whatever right. you want. Hey. All right, let's move on to another story. The gift that keeps on giving, move it. Uh, we're gonna be talking about Maine government says data breach affects. 1.3 million people, uh, personal identify, uh, personal information exploited through the move it vulnerability between May 28th and May 29th. I don't know. As a main ex- native, I can say that's like the entire state. I was going to yeah. say the whole state. The information brokers are very happy right now. I so, love okay. how they say like the stolen information may, possibly maybe will continue or sorry, contain person's name, date of birth, social security number, driver's license number, other state and tax identification numbers. And then yeah. some individuals had medical and health insurance information taken. Like, So I will say, so oh my, my personal God. take, so on this, most of this government data sets, there's been a lot of them. These are all just required breach disclosures. And this data is unlikely to ever see the light of day. In my opinion, none of these government data sets have been published at all that I've seen. Um, no, like none of the government agencies, like yes. this is their whole, the clap group has like their code of ethics or whatever. And government agencies are actually in, like, they won't publish it. So I would doubt this will ever be published. You, it's probably just a notification because yeah, you're it doesn't have to be published, Corey. And the reason why I say that is if you're in an organized crime ring and you have all of this information, just think about the, the fraud you can commit. I mean, it may not be in a big data breach, uh, that's dumped somewhere out on like mega. But it absolutely is going to be used in some fashion against some percentage of these citizens, right? They're selling I'm it less to data worried brokers. About, yeah, I'm, but I'm always less worried about... Exactly. I'm, I'm less worried about one group coming after me than everyone. Like, th- that's me personally. It's like, once it's a public data breach, anyone can steal my identity, whether it's a 12-year-old on Discord or like... Basically, the number of people in the Cloud ransomware group are smaller than the number of people who could download it if it was public. That's so true. That, it's like That's what we tell our customers about physical security versus online network security. The number of people who are going to walk into your office might not be zero. The number of people who are going to hack you from the internet is way bigger than the number of people who are going to walk into your office. The other right? thing about this data, too, is that they have a financial incentive to not publish it because then they get not. It's not just a bad reputation. They don't really care about that. But it's that whole thing where you like go to they prison. Get their doors kicked down. Yeah, their doors <laughs> kicked in. Yeah. yeah, that slows their business. Well, and, and, and that's, that's what I was going to say. That's what real I was going to say. Real drug dealers have done the same thing. What? Uh, what is it? The Mexican one of the Mexican cartels are like, don't sell fentanyl. It's giving us. It's it's doing too. too our, much. our Yelp reviews have never been lower. Yes, exactly. Well, yeah. isn't Anyways, that isn't that like straight out of uh, Narcos? Like you don't mess with the United States government, right? Did anybody oh, watch? Yeah, no, well, I'm the only yeah. one who watched yeah. Narcos. Like, no, right, I, I, right, yeah, right. I get that reference. <laughs> okay, good. At least. They, I will they say though, from, from the government's perspective, they don't care if it's been published or not. They're coming after you. Oh, anyway. that's yeah. definitely true. But if yeah. if the heat gets so political that they can't. They, they're going to devote more resources. I mean, True. like what's that True. rule, right? If the if the government, U.S. government, really, really wants you, you're done. They're going to get you, right? It's just and a matter. That of- would apply yeah. already to the Klopp group. The, the Klopp yeah. group is so I, in hot water that they'll never get out. There, I well, love the Klopp. Like, this, there's a line in this uh, TechCrunch article. It says MSoft lists main security incident as the 11th largest movement related breach disclosed at the time of writing behind Ontario's birth registry, the states of Colorado, Oregon, Louisiana, U.S. government contractor Maximus, several U.S. federal agencies are 
like the, as much as we're talking about this, it's like 11th in line. They didn't oh, even there break the are 3,000 of these data breaches and all of them. <laughs> yeah, no, they're, they're, the, the move it stuff is unprecedented in size and scale. And that's why I said like the Clop ransomware group has already trod on so many toes. They're, like, toes. They are, they're done. Like, th yeah. I yeah. mean, it was too good of a zero day. That's the thing. It's too good. And it's like that. I don't know if you remember the RSA breach a long, long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far, far away where the Chinese were able to gain access to all of RSA's ASC tokens, or it's either an ASC file or an XML file, depending on the version that you were using, all of it. And they were able to gain access to a ton of organizations. Now, the backward in the channels in China, what happened is it was a lower tier group that successfully got into RSA. Once again, long, long, long time ago, it was an Excel spreadsheet that they were able to embed malware into. Who, who would have thought that that would have been an attack vector? And uh, they were highly successful. They did all kinds of things they shouldn't. And they actually all got in trouble by the higher ups in China because this was not something that they should have just started using willy nilly to exploit as many different people and groups as possible. It should have gone kicked up the chain to like higher tier hacking groups within the nation state. So, yeah, it's totally possible that you can be too successful in your hacks. So, okay, does anyone have any comments? Because I was going to address the Boeing thing because I had time to search All right, secretly. let's do the Boeing thing. So, the Boeing on, thing. on the topic of ransomware, this isn't Clop. This is Lockbit 3.0. Oh, um, so, my take on this, I just looked at the data. Looking at it, it looks like a bunch of, like, infrastructure stuff. There's database backups. There's a bunch of, like, uh, let's see. There's Citrix Boeing backups. There's a bunch of uh, Ivanti. Like, basically, it's infrastructure backups, it looks like, which is kind of sketch. Um, definitely there's always sensitive data and backups. We all know this yeah. from does pen this, testing. Does this feel like uh, not, when not you push your buddy to look over a fence where like you push him up and he's like, all right, what's over there? And then he's like, oh, yeah. oh. no, so not, Corey, is that what I'm doing right now? That that's what exactly it feels what I'm like. Doing, it, but yeah. instead I'm looking on the dark web. So, yeah, dark. Um, basically so, Corey, my take though, on the, go ahead. Joe. I, but I, I got a quick question based on what you said, historically, from what we've learned about reporters going through and searching through these data files. A whole bunch of the things you just talked about are not going to be searchable by the tr tools that reporters would use, right? Yeah, I mean, backup files, it depends on what it's a backup of. Like, just looking at the extensions, they're just .back, which they could be SQL files. They could be, oh, like, God. raw images. If they're SQL files, I mean, of most of this stuff is... Yeah, they could be encrypted at rest. And I will say, like, obviously it's Tor, so it'll take me, like, approximately two months to download this 28-gig file. But, um, yeah, basically... Uh, <laughs> The um the thing my my take on this is Boeing is lagging behind in their response to this. They're way behind the curve. Like they're saying, like, oh, the files are published allegedly. Like obviously they're just there on the internet. Like what is their PR team doing? They're just like sitting. Are they are they struggling to open the files on their computers? I don't know. <laughs> but like just reading the responses, like it's crazy to me that this large multinational corporation that has billions and billions of dollars is like, yeah, no, it's, it's definitely allegedly published and maybe possibly we're still investigating. It's like, no, you're not investigating. Your data is published. Like it's, it's you, out there. You need to check the telegram chat like a little sooner than this, buddy. Like, yeah, you know, that's, that's my take on it is like, don't get me wrong. It's probably not a huge amount of data, but also like, you can't just be like, maybe it's published. I mean, we didn't check the this, site. We don't negotiate. What with you're terrorists. Saying, though, from what you're seeing on this data, it, from what just from what she said, it doesn't sound like it's from like one S3 bucket. It sounds like they were in there for a while and got a lot. It's Is hard that... to say. Uh, it's hard to say like sources, like sources are tough. 
I would say yeah. like in this case, they could have just popped some backup server somewhere like, or maybe they just, yeah, it could be one S three bucket of all their backups. Like who knows? Like it could, yeah. it's hard to like judge the scope of it, but I, I mean it, it, they did specifically say it was limited to their global services division. I don't know what that division is, but it could be like, if I had to guess, just totally off the cuff, no cyber in- threat intelligence whatsoever. Some random contractor employee of this Boeing Global Services had an info, info stealer malware run on their computer. Their VPN credentials were in there. They logged into the VPN. They just pillaged everything they could grab and said, we got Boeing. That's now, the no, most important thing that we have to ask was, it, it, did the CISO of Bo- Boeing have a compensation package in line with him being scapegoated for this? Because... We know that's where this is headed, right? Like oh. we're all in agreement on that. Like this dude's getting scapegoated hard. Do they just pay you an FEC SEC fines now? Is that yeah. how it works? I, I don't know. That's so, what you need to do for a CISO. Like if you're gonna hire me in as a CISO, like you have got to pay me commensurate with what we think the SEC fines may be. <laughs> <laughs> so And legal fees. Don't forget your legal fees. And legal fees. Because yeah, it's also, gonna be that. Also noted in the breaches though, are there are a lot of screenshots of Citrix and references to fixing Citrix. Yeah. So there's some oh, there's God. some thoughts Cloud around Citrix like the bleed? Citrix bleed. Yeah. Um, and and one other thing that I I found was that um, with the uh, chi- with the uh, Chinese bank, the ICBC, they had a Citrix net, net scaler that was vulnerable until you know until just recently, and they got hit by ransomware. So. I mean, You're correlation, saying, causation, yeah. everything there, but it could be that, you know, Citrix, um, and I think this is also, uh, that was also Lockbit as well, so it could be matching kind You're of the threat actors. You're saying potentially they discovered the vulnerability and then Citrix patched it and then other people, like, published it? Is that what you maybe? I think they would, they may have been working on the, the, the Citrix, so I think that um, Citrix maybe, bleed maybe may have been how connected. they got into Boeing, how they're getting into, you know, ICBC. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, using that Citrix bleed, like it's you're, it's like cart bleed, so it's kind of a crapshoot whether you actually get anything useful. Like you might have to dump memory for a while before you actually get a token back. Now, remember, Joff wrote a tool called Power Bleed that was multi-threaded, and you could basically run it and dump almost all the memory off the system fairly quickly. Uh, it was a really, really cool tool for Heartbleed. So they might have done something similar to that. True. With- yeah, and for for something like you know targets like Boeing and ICBC, absolutely would be worth you know yep. doing yeah. that types of dumping and processing. Most of us out there with the companies that we're at, probably not in our threat model, but someone like Boeing and international banks, sure. Oh no, it's it's in everyone's threat model it, because it's yeah. all they do is they go on uh, Shodan and just pull all the Citrix servers and then just yeah, <laughs> dash yeah. loop. I want to pull some comments though that I think are awesome. Oh my god, Odorobos said, just leak details of the next generation battle drones. Don't worry, your personal data is safe. <laughs> that's that's a really good one. And then Flakvest said, anyone want to start a company that sells SEC fine insurance to CISOs? <laughs> so, like unemployment insurance for CISO. Not a cult venture capital would like to. Yeah, not a cult with you. <laughs> funding, you know, thank you. Flakvest is an advisor of ours. So <laughs> he's a board member. He's the CSO, some say. Yeah. So, we were not talking it. about the Citrix thing. I would like to pivot one last story that I really want to get to is uh, inside Denmark's Hell Week as critical infrastructure was hacked. Talking about that, I'm going to paste that one in so we can get it loaded. Ooh, critical um, infrastructure. Yeah, so this is interesting. So it's very similar to the so idea Sonos? of MoveIt. Uh, so what this was, 
almost all of the cases in Denmark were unpatched vulnerabilities in the Zixel firewalls. Oh, the old and firewall. Apparently, with Zixel, I, I'm not sure, but I don't, I don't, I've never used Zixel, so I don't know. But the software itself is free, but you pay for the updates. And it looks like they just downloaded the firewall and they didn't pay for the updates. And there was a vulnerability that came out and they just got <laughs> Weren't we just talking about having to pay for updates? Yeah, yeah. we were literally <laughs> just talking about that. So I don't know, like, I don't, maybe some other people that are in the news know uh, that are in this talking about it know more about Sixel firewalls. But yeah, it's just another thing where they found, was it 16 different organizations that were using this firewall? They were able to gain access. And then very, very quickly nailed them. And like it's saying right here, they basically went through after 10 days of silence and then came back in. Um, but at that point, they were already compromised as well. So just absolutely just crazy talking about critical infrastructure and going after the firewalls um, for an organization. So I what impact did it actually have? Um, did, did, did they, were actually actually like... do, they were used, I think, as part of a DOS botnet at some point. Right, but they did their their power actually go off? No, I don't believe it went off anywhere. Um, so it's not really hell week. It's just like, damn, I had to stay up late. Oh, it's a bad week for their security team, right? I know that uh, kind of what you're saying is there's people in the security team like, how could this possibly be any worse? It's like, oh, oh, Sparky, it can get a lot worse. Just yeah, <laughs> I, that's that's my take is like, this is kind of a flamboyant article title of like, it's hell week, but like really it's just a security team. Like, I'm sure there's a lot of security teams in this uh, news show that have been going through many hell weeks that weren't published. Like, <laughs> you know, like a hell week. No comment. Uh, no. The powers at least got to go out in my house for it to really be hell week. Like the guy's working the incident response. Then he comes home and like, he can't get his cold beer because the power's out. Now that's hell week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's bad. yeah. I mean, I, I guess like to, to say like the standard thing that you're supposed to say when this stuff happens, it's that critical infrastructure often means low budget and, you know, not getting, not being within the realm of normal IT that would be like, hey, you should patch your firewalls, but just being like, oh yeah, it's a substation out in, you know, the tulip fields of Denmark. We don't need to have a fancy Cisco, you has, know, has, any, yeah, has anyone heard of Zixel firewall before this? I haven't. No. I feel like it's come <laughs> up, but I mean, no, not really. I it's just had like the Amazon be using it. Linksys. They've been out since 89. I, so <laughs> I, still, I still come back to it. These are companies or organizations associated with critical infrastructure. I mean, how was that decision made? It's like, should we, should we pay for the patches and updates for our firewalls? No, no, it's well, not. I mean, what's the worst that could happen? Why would it's you? No one knows what Zixel is. So, so. you know that the thought, that thought process security. of being like, sh that the fact that they even need updates is an IT thing, not an OT thing. Like OT people yeah, are just like, how do you update a switch? I don't know. It's like a switch. You either turn it on or off. Like It just works, anyone. right? Yeah, it just works. <laughs> it always works. All right. All right. All right. Did, so uh, let's wrap it up. Once again, got, everybody, thank you so much for joining. Appreciate it. Those of you that came in uh, Discord and then LinkedIn and uh, YouTube and I don't know what R is. Are we on Reddit now? Or maybe that's on maliciously For those of you that maliciously that's restream, joined, but... <laughs> restream. Okay, that's much better. <laughs> let's not let's not bring Reddit anywhere near here. Um, so thank you so much, everybody, and we will see you all next. Bye, everyone. Me. Bye.